0: Hey guys, welcome to the Pack Animal Podcast where we perceive life through the eyes of a canine. I'm your host, animal behavior specialist, David Curlander. I wanted to do this episode in lieu of the last episode that I just did with Steve Snell from Gundog Supply. We talked about e-collars. I have never received so much feedback and emails and everything, mostly positive. Like it was like 99% positive, but there were a few people... Who were like die hard on pointing out the fact that I hate prong collars. I do, but I love e-collars. And they just were so confused on how the what what's the difference there, right? Because they were hell bent on saying that uh, e-collars were bad. So I'm gonna do this episode to follow up that episode to kind of give a little bit more of my opinion and how I use them and 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 things like that. So. You know, of course, with every device, I always say you don't need them, but they certainly can come in handy in an emergency, and uh, they certainly can, come, can make uh, the specific process of training easier. Many people have their various color conditioning methods. I'm sure you could do a quick search on the internet and find that there are literally thousands of results. And all of them are not unique in any way, (laughs) I'm going to be honest. Uh, They can absolutely be lumped into categories depending on which trainers, you know, philosophies and methods, which kind of all kind of group in the categories and always follow the same methods of pressure, you know, basically putting pressure on the dog to do what is asked. My personal opinion is that some of these methods are not bad, you know. But most of them are pretty terrible. I'll be honest with you, uh, you know, and, and and you can, and and that's why I understand why I got the feedback that I did from those few people. Again, very few people, but I did get that feedback, so I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody. Um, I I personally never use or utilize an e collar in a negative way. My methods of conditioning are only to provide the dog with the ability to feel my touch from a distance. If you are expecting behavior issues, or sorry, if you are experiencing behavior issues with your dog, then you should take a step back and reevaluate the structure and relationship you have with your dog. Utilizing an e-collar for corrective purposes or pressuring your dog to bend its will is essentially forcing your will upon the dog. Your dog isn't actually doing something because he or she respects you. And wants to do it uh, for the betterment of the pack. N- no, uh, you know, and utilizing force to bend the will of your dog with any device does nothing but create a fake outcome. What appears to be a an obedient dog for all the eyes to see is nothing more than a fearful dog, and on the in, and on the inside listening to you in order to prevent an uncomfortable or undesirable situation. It's absolutely a very popular method used in the dog training and behavior world. And I mean, you know, I I, I know I'm going to get the hate from that, but it's true. And and I know dog trainers and behaviorists that will agree with me. And the reason for its popularity makes sense. You know, we people are for the most part extremely compliant but let's get back. Uh, let's, you, know, you know what? Let's grab a quick example from this to help uh, you know, clarify my point. Let's say that I didn't like something someone else was doing, so I decided to go on my own way simply to seek comfort and avoid unnecessary conflict. But then, out of nowhere, that person or a different person demands that I stay in this offensive and potentially dangerous situation, regardless of my emotional state of existence, without even an explanation. When I try to reach out to this person for answers, I'm quickly met with a sharp discomfort or pain. What do you think I would do? Fight? No, I'm being detained. With no emotional consideration, no answers to provide safety, and then expected to take direction from the very person harming me. Well, personally, my reaction would be to fight, even to the death if I had to. But unfortunately, in the domestic dog world, the common reaction is to, uh, you know, is is for the dog is to obey out of fear. And yes, I will bend your will to avoid another painful situation. I'm sorry, I will bend to your will to avoid another painful situation. If a dog fights back, well, it's it's pretty much euthanized in this in this society. I mean, you know, I, I personally, and I, I know many, many rescues that will fight to try to save these dogs, you know, because there's such great potential behind, behind them, you know? I mean, yeah, they're stubborn, and, and some of them are really aggressive, but, you know, nothing that we can't, you know, can't work with. But, you know, but the typical thing is that if your dog bites the owner or another person, it's euthanized. I mean, would you do this to another person? And if you say yes, then you are the problem with this world. Is this the only way to utilize this device? (laughs) Abso-freaking-lutely no. (laughs) Absolutely not. There are devices, such as the Notorious Prong Collar, that to, to my bewilderment is still popular today. This device exists solely to provide pain and discomfort, and does not relay healthy, natural communication, and cannot be toned down, as many trainers have attempted to argue with me about. Remember, I've done wolf research my entire life, and if you tell me another dog bites another dog, I'll say, "Mm, yeah, I've seen it physically. If you're telling me that dog actually hurts that dog, or is utilizing intimidation and fear to gain its will, then, then what use is that wolf, that dog, if you just broke its will. I mean if the dog has no freedom to make its own decisions and it must bend and bow to the to the to the to the majesty, the alpha leader. You know, I mean it just doesn't make sense. It really just doesn't make any sense. So which you know, FYI only results in these people leaving negative comments and one star and, and butthurt reviews, uh, because they have nothing else to utilize as a defense. <laughs> um, so it's for the people who did send me that feedback via email. I am, I respect you so much. And that's why I'm doing this just really to kind of help answer your questions. I do respect that you did not put that and just plaster it like a, a, a keyboard warrior, you know, or, a uh, a, 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 typer terrorist <laughs> on my on my Facebook or my social media uh, thank you for your discretion and you know and 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 I absolutely hear what you're saying and I'm totally in agreement with that you know in in some ways I'm just explaining that, that it can be utilized in a different way so but you know the petty world we live in you know people I mean you know. Literally, if you if you don't know what I'm talking about, just log onto your social media and look up the most wholesome video you can find and read the comments. (laughs) You'll get it after that. Uh, But I digress. Uh, Many countries have banned the use of prong collars uh, and pinch devices, Uh, but there are countries that have banned the use of e collars as well, yet still support the prong collar, which is absolutely confusing to me. The e-collar, you know, some devices designed better than others can be utilized by my methods as an ability to show your physical presence, a mere tap on the shoulder in a situation where your voice may not be heard or situations where you don't want unnecessary sound, right? So this is going out to my hunters, you know, we might not want to start yelling across a field, (laughs) You know, I mean, that's kind of defeating the whole purpose of what we're out there for. So on the previous episode, uh, my friend Steve Snell, owner of gundogsupply.com, he had recently posted on his Facebook that, uh, and I quote, an e-collar is not a remote control for your dog. And I agree wholeheartedly with this statement. What this means is that this device is not the end-all, say-all for off-leash and obedience training. It is most certainly not an appropriate tool for correcting behavior. However, it is a fantastic tool for working with behavior. If you understand my point, I've utilized this as a—I I have utilized this device as a semi remote control, <laughs> in literal terms. Um, a quick story: I was working a dog on a blind retrieve in some pretty rough water cold rough water and it was absolutely clear that my dog couldn't hear my vocal commands since i was almost screaming it out and not even got a a response so i had trained my pup to respond by touch having two receivers on either side of the neck allowed me to steer the dog almost like a remote control in the correct direction making his retrieves 100 times safer and quicker So he wasn't in the water that long. It's freezing water. He was actually breaking through ice at some points. You know, just a tap on the left side uh, and, and off he went to the left. You know, a tap on the right receiver and off to the right he swam. With proper conditioning and solid understanding of why your dog behaves the way he or she behaves, this tool can be very helpful with maintaining consistency with success. And, you know, tap, tap, just giving a little bit of a reminder that I'm still here and I can still touch you. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to force you to do things. But if you fail, I can let you know I'm still here, that I'm still showing my disapproval of what you've just done. And then I can recreate the scenario and allow them to pass or fail again until I get a pass in which I can now reward. Not with food. (laughs) Mostly with pets and love and kisses and jumps and happiness and all that great stuff so uh here's just a short comment to the naysayers you know listen i i lived and this is this is just this is this was one email out of like literally thousands just one and you know and and listen i have lived in the middle of nowhere deep south and the majority of the hunters and field trainers i know would never resort to using this device in a painful manner to gain control of their dogs. I've, ne- I've never, I've, I've, I mean, I have heard people say some nasty things about us hunters, like those people are ass backwards, they shoot their own dogs, they beat their dogs into submission. You know, I, I can't speak for everyone. And I know those kind of people are out there. And I agree with everything you say about them. You know, remember these kinds of mentalities will also beat their dogs with a leash. This does not mean the leash is bad. But so far I haven't met anyone in my circle like this in any way shape or form. In fact, we absolutely love and adore our dogs. They are ac- they're actually an integral part of our lives. And without their loyalty and companionship, we would be lost. So let's not judge those we've never met before we judge ourselves. Let's work together and do better. Thank you so much for listening to the Pack Animal Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or would like to suggest a topic for a future episode or would like to be a guest on the show, please feel free to send us an email to david at thepackanimalpodcast.com. And when you have a moment, definitely check out our websites, steadywindog.com. That's S-T-E-A-D-Y-W-I-N-D-D-O-G.com. And of course, the com. Also, don't forget to pick up your copy of my new book, Through the Eyes of a Canine, which is now available worldwide on amazon.com. And as always, be sure to hit like, follow, and subscribe to the Pack Animal Podcast on your favorite podcast hosting app. Until next time, remember... It does not matter how much time you spend with the wolf, it's within the capacity of your mind to open and become the wolf.